Communications disruption can mean only one thing. This is Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 26 of Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Peter Viox, joined today by my two excellent co-hosts, Joshua Rowe and Eden Gray. How are we doing, guys? It is six months of Star Wars Day for us. <laughs> what? Six months of podcasts? Well, yep. like 26, you know? Yeah, we're, we're halfway there. Whoa! Yeah. It's time to celebrate. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you know I what know. I'm talking about. Oh, Eden, how are you doing? <laughs> Good. It's too hot outside, but it's good. It's I'll one of the pros for the of next uh, three to six months. It's fine. Yeah, one of the pros of recording in a basement. It's cooler down here. It's it's very it nice down here. You guys did nothing but complain in the winter, though. <laughs> that it was wearing coats and blankets and space heaters. I made. There was none of that. What are you talking? About? There were coats. I, I yes, I brought coats. <laughs> it was fine. Did not complain, and it is not too hot down here yet. Fantastic. But so. I will not be able to take all my clothes off when it is. And even if I did, that wouldn't help anyway. It's rough. <sighs> Summer. Kentucky Summers. They're weird. So, what kind of Star Wars stuff you been into, guys? Uh, Went to the comic book store today because it's new comic day. Indeed. what you get? I got Galaxy's Edge 2 and Jabba the Hutt from Age of Rebellion. Ooh. Oh my God, I stumbled on that one. Nice. I'm so used to the Republic thing, I can't do it. It's okay. By the time it's time for resistance, we'll be stuck on rebellion. <laughs> I got some black series figures too. I picked some of those up. Really? What'd you get? I got Kanan upstairs if you want it. Dude. I saw it for you, but she says you already got it. So whatever. You can take it out of the box and put it on a shelf if you want. Box Dude. is pretty beat up. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's we what I'm saying. Take it out of yeah. the box. We've got some, we got some Ezra stuff. We got a, at Walmart forever ago Dude, too. Thanks, on a little man. speeder. They will look good together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Except one's a six inch figure and one's a three and three quarter inch figure. Don't care. That's, yeah, that's, it's not feng shui. Oh, whatever. What else else did you get? Yeah, it's feng shui. If you put him, put the little one in the corner and put the big (laughs) one somewhere else. Just like for perspective, like like Ezra's really far away. Just put the big one. (laughs) Oh my God. He's looking for Ezra. Where's Ezra? Eden. 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 Not (laughs) Eden. So, what about you? What kind of Star Wars stuff have you been into this week? I have been reading a lot of comics, um, so I'm almost caught up on all the Poe Dameron comics, and I'm slowly going through every single comic that is available in Prime Reading for free. <sighs> if you have Prime, you can read comics for free. That was quite a discovery for you. Uh, Do it. Yeah. I'm reading so many, so many Star Wars comics. Uh, free all... except for the fee to have Amazon Prime. Right. If you, you have Prime, which my husband does... Uh, and we have a household Amazon account, so therefore <laughs> I have Prime, and I have Prime Reading. And oh, that's how you get all my Audible downloads too, isn't it? No, Sniping I haven't figured there. out the Audible thing yet. If anyone oh, is listening sh- and they know <laughs> how to share Audible with the rest of your Amazon household, please let me know. I haven't figured that one out. <laughs> just the eBooks. Um, so I've been reading all the Darth Vader comics and all the Poe Dameron comics, and I'm gonna start reading some. Are they Galaxy of Adventures? The kid yeah. ones and Forces of Destiny. I just opened like page three of a Forces of Destiny comic, and suddenly Hera and Leia are on the same page. What? <laughs> In it's the- good stuff. That's big news. Holy, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah the um, the cartoon shorts. I, I enjoyed uh, them pairing characters together. Like there's one with Hera and Han. Yeah, I yeah, so, so weird. Yeah, we'll have to check. I'm very like, go through that again those. if you're digging that. Yeah. yeah. So today. We're going to be talking about Solo, a Star Wars story, not just about the movie, but we are coming up on the one year anniversary of our most recent Star Wars film. But before we get into that, we do have one other cool little announcement to make. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars blog. Bum, bum, bum. So that is at jamtransmissions.wordpress.com. And that's going to be chock full of articles from Eden, Josh, and myself whenever I find the time. In time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty cool, guys. Yeah. Just hop on in there. It's uh, going to be interconnected with the podcast and everything. Be just another way for you to interact with us if you're into blogs. Um both of you have written an article so far in that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? You first, Josh. What do you got? Well, I've got uh, Not Just Lifting Rocks, The Way of the Force, and that's like three pages worth of just rambling on about what I think the Force is and how it comes about in Star Wars cinema. And then I've got uh, one coming up is imagery in the films about all the colors and things that you see that or um, left-facing characters now turned right. And just check it out. It's kind of neat. That sounds really cool. Yeah, that's very depthy. Nice. Depthy. Depthy. That's <laughs> my new word today. <laughs> Eden, what about you? What did you write about? Um, I wrote about Master and Apprentice. So I wrote up my thoughts in a review, um, as I used to do a lot and now just do for you guys. And um, I'm actually checking to see if there were any comments because you can leave comments on there, but I don't. Only crickets. I, so yeah, guys, well, get on that, there. That, and I'm like, wait, how am I going to get notified if there is a comment? I will let you I know. I don't know. Okay. This is the trouble of having multiple people running. <laughs> multiple things. Yeah. So like, uh, I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, guys, get in touch with us on that. But, you know, you can add that to the list of all the other ways to interact with us. And I'm just going to run through that real quick as if you didn't know. Twitter at JT Comlink. Instagram at Jam Transmissions. Facebook.com forward slash Jam Transmissions. We have a YouTube channel. Just search Jam Transmissions right now or just refer to the show notes for the URL because I think you have to have something like 100 subscribers to actually modify your, your URL now. So, but uh, you Help can also. Out. Yeah, yeah. Please subscribe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going to have some really cool stuff. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But we also have bonus content specifically for our amazing patrons who support the show at patreon.com forward slash jam transmissions. Uh, we got monthly um, contributions of as little as a dollar a, a month. Mm -hmm. I almost said a dollar a day, but a month. Yeah. Weird, weird day. <laughs> this weird is month. QVC. <laughs> for as little as a dollar a day, you can have this. But yeah, sandwich guys. opener except yeah. it's even less thank <laughs> you so all much so less. much for all of your support yeah um you know but my favorite part about the show is interacting with all the listeners and uh the best way that you can share your thoughts and literally hear your voice on the show is to send emails and voicemails to comlink c-o-m-l-i-n-k at jamtransmissions.com we typically record on Wednesday evenings, so try to get those in by Tuesday now. We've been having some issues with like that stuff showing up on time, mm -hmm. and also, you never know, I might accidentally miss it. So, Tuesday. Now, speaking of listener interaction, we have a ton of voicemails. Mm -hmm. Well, in you know comparison to what we usually have. But um, <laughs> I'd say we just go ahead and get into some good old... Calling Chatter! So, we asked you all to share your thoughts and memories about Solo, and our first one came in from Instagram. Darren at Dr. Sci-Fi is a droid maker, foam sculptor, an overall badass cosplayer who shared his extremely special memory of the Los Angeles premiere two weeks before we got to see it. Yeah. So, check he this out. deserved it for all the work he did. Oh, yeah. Let's hear what he had to say. Hey, Pete and Josh. This is Darren Moser, a.k.a. Dr. Sci-Fi. I saw you were celebrating the upcoming one-year anniversary of Solo, A Star Wars Story. Now, I have a very special memory of that film. I was blessed to attend the Solo red carpet premiere on May 10th, and I was in costume. I had been working on an L337 droid costume for the past few months, and through the Droid Builders group, I connected with Lucasfilm fan relations. They extended me a ticket to bring my L3 to the fan pen, and my project timeline immediately lost two weeks as I moved into full con crunch mode. Uh, not sleeping the final 40 hours, I finished L3 at 11 a.m. the day of the premiere, packed her up, and made my way to Hollywood. Uh, getting to be on the carpet was surreal. I was surrounded by Star Wars fans from all over, seeing the cast and crew walking by. Uh, Chewbacca and I became an impromptu photo op for the best two co-pilots in the galaxy, and we had a blast with the crowd. 
of all the people I got to meet while covered in EVA foam plastic and a whiff of paint fumes that were still fresh, the best was David Crossman, Glenn Dillon, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Glenn Dillon and David Crossman came up to me. They were a part of the creative team that created the L3 character and had been following my work online. But, But ask any cosplayer and they will tell you what a dream it is to meet the actor who plays your character. And that was my one wish, that Phoebe didn't pass me by. And she came right over when she saw me across the carpet. And we shared a great moment chatting about the character and Star Wars. And you just had this biggest smile, I think, when someone sees the time someone put into enjoying their character as much as they enjoyed bringing it to life. It was a great moment. A few pictures later, and I had captured some amazing memories. I really enjoy Solo. It still has some of the best characters in the series, and I just can't wait for more stories from a galaxy far, far away in the upcoming years. May the Force be with you guys. May the Force be with you. Wow, that was that's amazing. I know like everything he was talking about, I'm just sitting here nodding like <laughs> I get it. I get it. Oh my god, that's so amazing. Like that's that must oh, the reward of seeing the character that you you put all that hard work into and then the actress sees it and she sees all the love you put into it and it, you're it's just it's, it's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's actually really cool, man. Thank you for sharing that. And I just pulled up a picture right here for us to take a look at. Look at all that awesome work that's so cool oh wow yeah i I think i saw your eye twitching when he when he was talking about being covered in the layers of eva foam and the paint fumes (laughs) like when you finish it last minute there's no time for that stuff to settle and you're just breathing it constantly that is so cool man yeah i wonder darren did did you get to see the movie on the 10th as well because that's pretty cool if you did to see it a full two weeks before us yeah really Right. And did you have to wear the L3 costume the whole time while watching it? Or did you get to take part of it off? Or did you get to store it afterward? Like logistics, man. So many (laughs) questions. So many questions (laughs) from our resident cosplayer. (laughs) That's so awesome, man. Thank you for sharing that amazing memory. And guys, if you want to see pictures of his work and, and not just of L3, um, he also has some pretty cool battle droid stuff. You can mm-hmm. go to drsci-fi.com forward slash L337. Battle droids. I'm looking that up now. Yeah, he's got Instagram as well, at Dr. Sci-Fi. Looking that up now. So while you're looking that up, we're going to move right on to our buddy, Jeff Kiltz. Let's see what the Metal Mando has to say. Heavy Metal. Pete and Josh, my dudes, and hopefully Eden on this recording. Hey, uh, you guys do have a question out there on Twitter about, uh, you know, it's coming up on the one year since Solo's released, your thoughts and memories, and uh, I had a couple things I wanted to bring up to you guys. Um, the first thing was, there, you know, I remember there being uh, quite a little bit of a negative backlash about this movie, and, and I, I really think that had to do with when it came out, um, you know, in May. I absolutely totally 100% agree that this movie would have made way more at the box office It'll, you know, they would have stuck to that holiday season release which I actually preferred but you know hey it didn't it came out in May and you know box office take, uh, uh, critical reviews negative or positive it really doesn't matter to me all I know is I enjoyed the heck out of this movie and I can rewatch this one as many times as any other Star Wars movie in my Blu-ray collection and that's all that really matters right guys is the movie kicked butt and you know so Let's move right. on, right? Yeah. So my main question is, uh, when I think about this movie, is the soundtrack, which uh, I have my routers arrive playing in the background. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Uh, mm-hmm. My absolute favorite track on the soundtrack, uh, followed by Chicken in the Pot, which comes up uh, right after this one, which is a completely different song. But uh, those are definitely my two favorites. Um, I want to get your take. Uh, we've you know, been so spoiled by John Williams and uh, you know all his saga soundtrack scores. And uh, what do you guys think? about uh john powell and the way this soundtrack holds up i i was totally blown away the first time i went out and bought this today it came out and the movie came out and 
just listened to it before, you know, on the way to the movie theater, and wow, just just mind-blowing. I mean, I can't believe that another person could take all these Star Wars themes, just kind of make them their own, and uh, just, you know, nobody's going to be John Williams, but this is pretty darn close to, you know, that type of, uh, you know, quality of a soundtrack, and uh, same thing with Michael Giacchino with Rogue One. I thought, you know, same thing, just taking the, the themes and making them their own, just amazing work, and I want to know what you guys think. Uh, you know, first, uh, what do you think about the soundtrack? Do you like it as much as I do? What are some of your favorite tracks or highlights of it? And um, what do you think going forward as far as some of these films coming out in the near future here? Would you prefer John Powell or Michael Giacchino as uh, doing the soundtracks, or is there somebody else that you have in mind that you prefer? I definitely, I, I like Solo a little bit better than Rogue One. It's really close, so I've got to go with John Powell as my number one choice, and Michael Giacchino probably number two. And I really can't think of anybody else off the top of my head that I'd rather do them than those two. But um, just want to get you guys' take, uh, see what you guys think. And this is Jeff, a.k.a. The Metal Mando on Twitter, and can't wait to hear your responses, guys. Take it easy. I'm out of here. Bye. Thanks a lot, Jeff. You want to take it first, Josh? Connor would be another good option, I think. That would be my next choice, yeah. yeah. If, but... if, if you have anybody that you had, like, say, Powell and Giacchino were both busy, Kevin Kiner would be, all day. Yeah, no doubt. He did the animation scores. Yes, he did Clone Wars and Rebels. Rebels. What do you think about the soundtrack? You said something a little earlier about it, which was, it was spot fa- on. It was fantastic. Um, I've been listening to it all day today as I've been driving around, and I could, just, as soon as it starts, I can see the movie. I can see the crawl starting, like the, not, you know what I mean. I can see Han trying to hotwire that speeder. Like I can see it right in front of my eyes and it's kind of distracting while listening to while while driving because it's so (laughs) visual. Like it really is trying to hotwire that Yaris. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's just really well done. Like I, I was really impressed. I don't have a particular favorite, uh, or anything yet. I used to be a huge soundtrack junkie, um, but not so much anymore. I don't know. But I, I'm really impressed with it. Um, I don't, I'm not really concerned about who does Star Wars scores in the future because everybody who does it seems to come out fantastic. And I feel like there's probably a, a story group for for sound, right? There's there's well Lucas sound, and they're they're gonna if somebody well, there, doesn't there do there something is, right, they'll just they'll cut them off. <laughs> there is one true god of music in Star Wars, and that is John Williams. Right, well, but, but there's a whole a, like, galaxy of them. So when it comes, when it came time to do solo a Star Wars story soundtrack, uh, John Williams, you know, worked collaboratively a little bit with John Powell. Uh, the first song on this was actually a John Williams track, but he composed little bits and pieces throughout. And John Powell more or less tried, like, kind of um, connected the dots, finished building the mm-hmm. puzzle. And um, it's, this is one hundred percent in a way John Powell. I think it's truly amazing because you can hear the differences, but John Williams comes through as influences. Very much so. And they're good. I really like that aspect of it. I think that my favorite aspect of this soundtrack is uh, the use of the the Bulgarian women's choir. And in that song that he was listening to, the Marauders, Mm -hmm. um, the interesting thing about them is that they don't, I don't know if this is just a, cultural trait and the artistic expression of the choirs in Bulgaria. I don't know, but they don't use their falsetto. And so it has this really haunting, terrifying sound. These notes on a higher register just yeah. coming through bellowing without that softness of taking it that extra octave above. And I think it's really cool. And I think it's terrifying. <laughs> There's a passion behind their voices um, if I had to pick a track besides that as my favorite, because I'm like Metal Mando here, that's my go-to. It would be the other one that had the Bulgarian Women's Choir in it, the Savarine Standoff. Yes. Um, I mean, like you've got you've got the Marauders there, but they're just standing in the wind. Yeah. You put that choir in there. There's and it's presence. So epic. epic. It's, it's larger so, than life. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Josh? Anything. I'm right there it. with you, dude. Um, yeah. I hate to be that way, like not throwing anything out, but those two tracks are by far my favorite and they stand out against everything else. There's just, there's nothing there. I did like the eeriness that they had on the Kessel run when the star destroyer comes out Yeah, that just that drop and just a little bit of strings. That was kind of cool. 
I like yeah. that one, but these two tracks for the Marauders are by far my favorite. I but love it, the the very first song. It's I think that one's my favorite from Solo, just because that it is it is Han. That song is very Han. Yeah, and it brings him to mind. Like it doesn't matter which dun, 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 Han dun, dun, dun. or yeah. yeah or what when where it's it's very Han. Yeah, if you listen to um, the progressions, they're they're full of youthful energy and hope in a way. Whereas he's not, he's not completely jaded by this point. Yeah, he's, you know, yeah. he's still got a really good feeling about this. You know, um, the other thing that that, that, that uh, choir, the use of the Bulgarian choir, maybe think of was like, uh, you guys know Yuki Kajiura? Yes. Yeah, does the. Uh, soundtrack to like dot hack sign and stuff like that okay, anime yeah. yeah um she her use of uh third and fifth harmonies and stuff it really brings that sort of emotion to mind and it's kind of otherworldly yeah yes mm-hmm. yeah that's it that's yeah. exactly what i'm thinking atypical yeah so you guys if you're into that stuff and the stuff that we're talking about here and jeff kelt if you haven't checked out yuki kajura check that out and um if y'all need help spelling that hit me up at peace Two on Twitter, and I can make that happen. So, let's move on. We got something from our buddy, Anthony. How do, rural farm boy? How do, Jam Transmissions crew? Peter, Josh, Miss Eden, if you're there. Yep, it's rural farm boy. Also said Anthony. So this week you're talking solo, a Star Wars story. And you're looking for listeners' opinions. All right. There's a couple from me. So I can remember back when we was told about this story we was going to be given. And I'm pretty sure it was at Celebration Anaheim in 2015. Yeah, I think it was. Anyhow, I, after we was told about this, I done found myself in amongst the lot that was asking why. Why this? Why, why a story about this? Well, I learned a very valuable lesson. And no, it ain't, we can't trust those guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the lesson I learned was when they tell us that we're going to be told a story, it's not about what we want. No Star Wars story's ever been about what we want. And I surely do love that story. Many of us does. And I watch it now often. So I'm looking forward to seeing, hearing what other folks got to say and what Yin's got to say. And you'll be following up Blue Harvest this coming Saturday morning on my radio. May the force be with all Yin's, my friends. Love y'all. See you on the radio. Aw. Right back at you, buddy. Yeah, may the force be with you and nothing but love. Yeah, thanks, dude. All together. All the time. So... I remember thinking something similar when this movie was announced. Okay, hang on just a minute. Was that not the most peaceful voicemail you've ever heard? The birds oh, yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. it, Anthony, were you on Theed? <laughs> I'm I'm definitely gonna be meditating to that voicemail yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It sounded like somewhere I'd like to have been. Exactly. Like yeah. the lake house on Naboo. <laughs> Thanks for taking us to a special place there, man. <laughs> So I remember when Solo was announced, I had very similar sentiments about why, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and then the characters started getting announced and stuff, and it was like, well, that's mm. cool. Yeah. Yeah, Lando. Ooh, Childish Gambino. Now now you got my attention. But it was still kind of like, okay, yeah, you're, you're giving me the Star Wars story. That's really cool. Rogue One knocked it out the park. It's probably going to be fine, too. But... Like Josh, in in the way that you feel about the upcoming Cassian Andor series, yeah, you're kind of lukewarm about it. But, I am, but you're gonna watch it, and you're probably gonna fucking love it. Exactly. Yeah, it's just so. like of all the places to go, why are we going here? And so, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, and I I started after doing the solo research and all this, or like watching it for the I don't know how many times. I thought, well, this isn't a good time frame. This is a great time frame to follow up with Solo because. We want more from that Black Sun shenanigans, right? Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn, all those syndicates. So why not? Why not incorporate that one way or another? You know, this is the the start of the rebellion with, uh, 
Infant's Nest. Yeah. That would be, I mean, it's perfect. It's a perfect segue because we're probably not going to get a Crimson Dawn standalone. We, we might. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But this would be cool. It would be cool. Yeah. yeah it's, it's rich for storytelling. Yeah. Well, thanks as always for giving us your thoughts, Anthony. And man, we got a ton more comlink chatter, so we're going to go right into it. That's it for voicemails. We're going to hop into some emails. I'll read the first one. It's from our buddy, Eric McGilvery. Thanks always for chiming in, my friend. Oh, yeah. He says, hello, Josh. Hello, Pete. Let's talk solo. I should start by saying I have always been a Luke Skywalker guy. Han was cool, but never my favorite. So the solo film wasn't my first choice when they announced the A Star Wars Story. I followed the news during the production and was worried with everything that transpired. As the film got closer, I started getting more excited, though. Alden looked good as Han. Donald Glover looked even better as Lando. And Emphis Ness had me theorizing nonstop. I loved the design instantly. When it finally released, my six-year-old son and I saw it in the first week. During our first watch, you could not wipe the smile off of our faces. <laughs> it was the most fun we had watching a Star Wars film together. One year on, Solo is the movie that my son asked me to put on the most, and I've lost count of how many times we have sat and lost ourselves in Han and Chewie's adventure. Now when I rewatch the original trilogy and The Force Awakens, I have a newfound love for Han, and I care for the character in a way I didn't before Solo. I hope this time next year, instead of looking back on Solo, we are talking about a sequel or a series on Disney Plus that continues the story. The casting was spot on in all cases. The film we got was great, but only felt like the beginning. Hashtag make Solo 2 happen. Yeah. Thanks very much for your time, guys, and love your show. Eric. Thanks, dude. I feel like I'm the only one over in the lonely little, I don't really need a solo two boat, but I don't like, I feel good about it. It was great. If, if there's going to be a solo two, I don't want it to be about solo. I want it to be about Darth Maul and Kira. So can we make the Darth Maul and Kira movie? That's what I want. (laughs) I mean, it could totally, I mean, there's just plenty of stories to tell Mm -hmm. in that you've got the Emphis Nest story. You've got Han going to Tatooine. I don't, I don't, I mean, Dude, I do. <laughs> I want that. I, I want that. I want to see yeah. how Jabba employed More him. Jabba. All I want is more Jabba. Yeah, the huts are just not represented yeah. out here uh, in the new stuff. Yeah. I loved I love that the we're talking about solo and one of my favorite memories of just getting excited about solo is when they released all the character art last year and we saw we saw Lando and we saw his capes and the tie and we saw Kira and her cape and her hair and it just looked amazing. And now today all those Vanity Fair pictures were released and everyone's gushing about the character designs there. But like, man, Solo looked good. It looked really good. Yeah, it really it still did. still does. And I like the one that Eric pointed out about um, the Emphis Nest when, when that came out. Yeah. And I, I my first reactions, like... Where like I was like, what? Wait, what's going on here? Is when we got to see the uh, train heist in the teaser trailer, right? And we, it's like another Boba Fett, except way cooler because yeah. we don't know anything about this person. I really liked Emphis Nest in the movie too. Like she did that, it's like epic. that um, Destiny Titan hammer attack down on the sand. Yep. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yep. about? Um, and there was a little like, shockwaves and stuff from it too. It was yeah, just, it was epic. Another thing that I really liked about what he said here was that he cares for the character in a way that he didn't before Solo. Is that not the whole point? That shows us the value of these standalone films and yeah. this extra content. I think that um, enriches this stuff in a in a more important and impacting way than comics or books could. And that's not saying that's for everybody, but yeah. you combine the storytelling with the visuals and the sound, it's going to hit you better than if you just have to imagine it off the yeah, page. It just takes you a little deeper into that world than more oomph than a page. Yeah. <laughs> Some of that Wookiee oomph. Yeah. So thanks a lot, man. We definitely appreciate you. And also everybody remember hashtag make solo to happen. What do we got now? Um, we got one from Johnny at uh, My Life Debt Podcast. Should we read that one? Yeah. Here's Johnny. This is Hey Pete, Josh, and Eden. Love last week's episode, especially Anthony's closing statement. I'm tempted to start a petition because that's what fans do these days, it seems, <laughs> to get you guys and Anthony to have a segment called Royal Farm Boys Words of Wisdom. Ooh, that's, yeah. a, that's a good name for a segment. <laughs> 
had the patent that at the end of the episodes, maybe top it off with a tell him Steve Dave style catchphrase because he dropped some much needed knowledge on the fandom. Anyways, solo. What an amazing addition to the saga. I'll be honest until I saw the first teaser. I had my doubts, but by the time the film came out, I was so excited. Of course, I saw it at the midnight screening and by the end, I couldn't stop smiling. It was fun, entertaining, totally brilliant. And the actors were all spot on. I walked out and recorded a reaction podcast and while staying spoiler free, I almost I was almost begging for a sequel. I always see the films on my own for the first time, and this was the first time I actually wanted someone with me so I could have someone to react to Maul with. It was so unexpected, and the reveal was so well done, and getting Ray Park and Sam Whitward in to play them was great. I can honestly say I enjoyed the film so much, I have no complaints, but I understand some of the complaints people do have. Not enough Val or Rio. But their role in the film was to die on the mission so Beckett would take on Han and Chewie for the big job. I'm truly gutted that it didn't do a better didn't do better at the box office because the story of young Han and Chewie really needs to be told. The relationship between the two of them is the heart and soul of the film, and if there isn't a best couple award for Alden Junis, then they're being robbed. That was a definition of romance. And I love the new old Millennium Falcon so much that I hounded my wife for weeks to get me it for my birthday. It's a great build, so go get it. Talk to you guys soon. Cheers, Johnny. Check out uh, my life debt, my Star Wars Life Debt podcast and blog at www.mystarwarslifedebt.tk. Thanks a lot, Johnny. Man, I totally agree. The movie was so fun. And like, it it's was. Just, yeah, it was like a ride, riding a roller coaster. I, uh, we watched it again over the weekend, and I, my favorite part still, and my favorite memory from seeing it for the first time is when is is the Darth Maul scene like I remember just my jaw hanging open in the theater and like leaning forward in my seat like unbelievable could not believe it and every time I see it I'm like this is really happening he just said Dathomir on this Star Wars movie (laughs) like holy shit yeah the metal legs in the hologram I was like what yeah same with voice same with where it says yes or something and that's that's it he just says one word and and that's yes that's that was it enough. you know it's mall and you know it's sam Whitworth. it's so perfect it's so good yeah that that scene was pretty incredible josh what was um your kind of initial take the first time you saw the movie well i mean i gotta be honest solo for me when it was announced i was kind of like cool star wars movie cool but i wasn't i wasn't bought in I think with a lot of people because it just wasn't something that we wanted. And the whole internet fandom was Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan. And then there was like, you didn't know you wanted it until you saw it. And then like the other 40% was Boba Fett. And I was like, where's the Boba Fett film? Yeah. (laughs) We got solo. I freaking loved it. It was, it wasn't like Rogue One as far as the feels or any of like their other movies, as far as the way it told a story, but God, it was just a ride. It was something all the time. And it was very much like Han and Chewie. It wasn't, it was so dynamic and it wasn't tailored to that hero story. It was something just a little different about it. It was fun. Yeah. It was about the only way I could really describe it. It was, it was just fun. Yeah. Totally agree. I got to say that my uh, first walk away from it, it was like, Yes, chewy, (laughs) more chewy, more chewy. And it was awesome. In fact, um, a year ago, Eden and I uh, recorded a reaction video to it. And, you know, I got to preface this, actually. (laughs) I'm going to share a little clip of this with you guys. But it was kind of like at a time, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away before Jam Transmissions was even a twinkle in our eye. 362 days ago. <laughs> <laughs> and did we, um, did we record this the same day that we saw it? That it was same the day night? of, or no, 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 no. It was, uh, the next day because we saw it Thursday and I had to go to work the next day and then we did it Friday. Okay. Yeah. After work, because back then I was still trying to find out like, how do I market myself? I know I want to do something like I want to have an extra creative project and this is ridiculous, but I somehow thought it was a great idea to create this pseudonym <laughs> angry balls guy who basically just was kind of like a beavis and butthead guy who just like drank a lot and watched tv and reacted to it and uh my favorite was the duel of the fates one yeah <laughs> I, need to, I need to watch that again. yeah and i never spoke or anything like that oh. but uh 
<laughs> then I was like, well, I have a YouTube channel. Eden, come on, let's record like a solo reaction video. Here's a little clip. I just had to preface it. Uh, it was meant to sound like crap, like like a 10-year-old edited it too. It was like, it had this whole shtick. Chewbacca. My favorite character since I was a kid was Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Chewbacca? I'm a Wookiee aficionado, man. This movie was full of gut-wrenching Wookiee sounds. I've heard all the Wookiee sounds you can make. Half of them, I wanted to cry. There's always been emotion in Chewbacca. We're talking about my favorite character in all of Star Wars. In this movie, he was like, desperate. That's my favorite part of this whole video. There was much more cherry work dialogue. The first time, it was so good. you know, when Harry met Sally, let's talk about when Han met Chewie. It, it was, was muddy. It was fantastic. It was dirty. It was muddy. The subtitles were fantastic. <laughs> so we've only seen it one time, and obviously we've had the drinks. The fight pretend time? Is that what he said? Fight pretend time. Big stick. <laughs> Chewie knew exactly what he meant. Perfect plan. Yeah. What did he call him? Who, who called what? Kashikian. Oh my god. Uh, milk milker. Milker. You're a Kashikian milker. I am a Kashikian milker. Something about a little bit of plot. You got Tobias Beckett, who knows everybody, pulling together a crew. So there's that. What'd he call him? Oh, <laughs> who did who call what? Oh, that was fun. So the good news is to celebrate the one year anniversary, I'm going to be sharing that entire video. And there's going to be a YouTube premiere. You can watch it with us. Um, on Saturday, May 25th, the first anniversary. Eden, is there an FC Cincinnati game on Saturday? Yeah, what there time? totally is. I was just about to look that up. It's the 25th, 7.30. 7.30. Okay, guys, this is going to be premiering live at 5 p.m. Yeah. Saturday, May 25th. And there's going to be a little surprise at the end. So be sure to join us and we'll have a good old time. So great. that's that. Um. Let's dive into Solo, man. Let's talk more about it. So, you know what I found funny is his name is Solo, right? Is he ever alone? Has he ever been on his own? No. Yeah. What? He doesn't have he doesn't have any people. He yeah. joins the Empire, but he's not. He's, he's not. And then he joins Beckett's crew, but he's he's really not. And all he's got is Chewy. But he did he did get Chewy really fast. I mean. He was only solo for a few years in between Kira and then meeting Chewie and getting his co-pilot and yeah. Months. Wasn't even years, was it? Was it just months? I'm pretty sure he was in that infantry for quite some time. It was enough time to get kicked out of the uh, Rebel Academy. Yeah. But that didn't last like two months though. He didn't even get a complete training because he blew some shit up. It was years. Because he had a mind of his own. I mean, it was years. Kira just doesn't get that close to Crimson Dawn in a couple months. So that's another thing. Like, there is there is plenty of story to be told about what she did. It's completely buried in the exposition. Nobody knows what she did to get uh, off of that planet. Is, exactly. Is there a Kira comic that I'm missing? Like, I'm just suddenly looking no. it up. I'm, in, I'm There's not missing nothing. anything? There's just nothing. Unless there was something in the... Um, the other book, the, uh, the Star YA. Wars Most Wanted by Ray Carson. Yes. I haven't read that, um, but no, it's very clearly stated as a prequel. before solo. Yeah, prequel. It's okay. all before the movie. Yeah, so we've got nothing. And honestly, like, there's just so much more to be told. And like you were talking about Boba Fett earlier. People mm-hmm. wanted Boba Fett. You could tell, have a little Boba Fett show up in there. Yeah. Like, like, if you can sit there and mention people like Aura Singh. In the movie, you know, you have room for Bosk. You have room for Jabba the Hutt. You have all this room. You could even sneak in a little middle-aged Obi-Wan Kenobi in there. Are you mm. talking about a sequel again? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Put your phone down. I was looking for Kira <laughs> comics on the internet. There no, are there, none. There's nothing, no. There is nothing. Why? I need them. I think Can it's I on purpose. Can I say something really, really ridiculous that I cannot believe I didn't realize until today? What? So I've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones and I didn't realize that it was the same actress until I was watching some Star Wars show clips today. <laughs> oh, oh it's, oh, it's Danny. <laughs> 
Is that how they say it? Danny? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Daenerys is. Yeah, there there she is. Oh, it's her. Like, she was so perfect, is Kira. So perfect. I had no idea. I think she looks extremely awkward as a blonde. I just have a hard time. Like, I just scroll really fast past all Game of Thrones picks because I, tr- I just think it's super awkward and not a great look for her. But as Kira, she was absolute perfection. And I d- did not know it was her until precisely one year later. The power of having your own natural hair color. Yeah, no kid. Um, you know, we're honestly not the only people that would want. Well, I mean, Josh, would would you want any sort of solo or uh, solo? I'm not trying to say solo. I'm trying to say sequel, sequel material from solo. Yeah, I would. So we actually asked um, for some comlink chatter and put out another poll in this. And I think it's uh, that's what you were talking about earlier, Eden, when you said that you were like the sole person that was fine with it. (laughs) Was I the only one that voted that way? Well, no, we've got uh, it's hard to tell exactly how many people did because math. But um, we were asking everyone's opinion on it and like any future that they would like it to have, not what they would expect it to have. Uh Uh-huh. And um, 86% of people said, give us more. 7% was tied to say one film was enough and take it or leave it. And 0% said didn't like it overall. (laughs) Wow. Which is amazing because for a movie that just did not fare so well in the box office. I mean, supposedly, but I've never actually seen the stats because all of the articles that I looked up today were from 2018. Well, here's the thing. The movie is, if I remember correctly, the seventh most expensive film made of all time. Wow. And For real? Yes. And I think it was six until Endgame. Huh. Endgame wow. is like right ahead of Infinity War. Yeah. So it just, it made a lot of money. It just didn't make that much more than it cost. Mm. Huh. And who who are we to say whether it was because it came out in May, whether it came out in the holiday? I mean, like, Empire Strikes Back and all that came out in May too. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like I, I, I don't know. I think it had a lot to do with we're the social media world now and the wonderful Force Awakens and all this stuff. And then you got this coming out for The Last Jedi and there's just all this stuff that wasn't good. I think a lot of that had to do with it had something to do like with bad success. press just yeah. generic star wars bad press all yep. around if that's how the world works man then i guess i just really don't understand it's like, stupid yeah but i mean people would love i mean it's not like they wouldn't make a solo too just because people don't want it because when people do two i'm sure there's plenty of story to tell and three it, it's not up to us so i guess we'll have to wait and see if it happens mm-hmm. well it's all about the money at the end of the day yeah look i mean disney is a business and yes there are passionate people on down the tree that just want to tell good Star Wars stories. In the trust trees? Yeah, but if you're not making money, they're not going to do that. Now, here are other options. Less less expensive than a movie would be utilizing your Disney Plus anthology series. Yep. You know, your your live action TV series. You could tell like an eight eight, uh, episode mini maxi series um, where each episode Tells a little different aspect of what's going on in Mos Espa or, you know. You know, it'd be what, awesome. What? A certain point of view series. That would be cool. Yeah. But they focused on focused on an entire, like a single yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah just like, like in, a, things, in a crowded area. But have all different perspectives looking in at this one, one thing. Yeah. They could really do anything with Disney Plus. Like, I feel like there's so much to Star Wars that they could tell that already... It already exists, but we don't have the details of mm. it, like the Old Republic or uh, more about Han Chewie going to Tatooine for the first time. But so much of what they do end up making at Lucasfilm is new, like Resistance. Like it's a brand new place, brand new characters, brand new planet. And I'm never tired of that. Like I'm always happy with that in the end. So you want to change your vote? What? Sounds like it. You So you <laughs> voted like you're good with just the one. I'm totally good with just the one because if they make something new, I want it to be new. Where oh. They're already making lots of things that we already know stuff about, like the Mandalorian and Cassie and Andor. And we sort of know what that's about, but not really. Um, but I love it when they make something totally new, like Rebels was totally new. Totally new planets, totally new characters, all these new species. So I'm not changing my vote. Good, because you cannot it's change closed. your vote. The poll no. is closed. The poll is closed. Yeah, Election closed. day was yesterday, Eden. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I snap. missed it. It's okay. 
I'm a little more concerned with galactic politics yeah. than the United States politics. And that's how it will stay on jam transmissions. Yeah, we're not talking about real world stuff. Yeah, I was about to say, we're not going to talk about politics, but like all of episode one is about politics. So, <laughs> Oh, there'll be more like that too. Amphis Nest was, uh, that was a neat little introduction. Because like... The marketing. Before she, uh, before, oh, yeah. 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 How, how, like, they didn't say who the actress was. Or what, you know, as far as sex. And everybody or just species. assumed it was a man. Yeah, because it just looked menacing and dirk-a-dirk, whatever. But it was totally unexpected. I mean, yeah, it was really good. It was really cool. I want to know more about um, her background. Mm. I love the fact that um, the movie drew in a lot of characters from... The past, for instance, two tubes. One mm-hmm. of yeah, two tubes, and you've also got Weasel. Yep, Warwick Davis's character, who is in fact the same character that we saw sitting next to Watto yeah. at the Boonta Eve Classic in Episode One. Yeah, twenty years ago. So amazing. So cool. Yeah. So I love stuff like that. Um, I like the little lines, like in the theater. I immediately latched onto the fact, like you killed Ara Singh. Yeah. You did me and everyone a a real big favor there. Um, one thing in particular that stood out to me for the first time was when, uh, they, what was the name of Dryden Voss's ship? Do you happen to remember that? Oh, the yacht, the, uh, his ship had a name. Yeah. Crap. (laughs) So, so anyways, they're on the ship. Um, the tiny Colossus. Yes. Sort of. We'll call it that. So anyways, it's when they're on, uh, Dryden Voss's yacht and they're going to meet Dryden for the very first time and Han Solo finally bumps into Kira again and she grabs a drink off of um, the waitress's little platter there mm-hmm. and says thank you Tilly have you been uh, taking good care of Doc Ondar or Onkar is it Doc Doc Ondar Doc Ondar whatever it is Onkar. you guys know who that is that's Galaxy's a, Edge. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the animatronics. That is the Athorian, the mm. hammerhead that's going to be... Wait, really? Yeah. yeah. Is he in the Galaxy's Edge comics? I haven't gotten to read those yes. yet. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, that's, that's where we're going with it. <laughs> okay. No, no spoilers. Not, yeah, none. Um, so... First, little name drops like that. Cool, first Light. Right? First Light. Is yeah, the name of the ship? Yep. Colossus 2. First oh, Light. Tilly? <laughs> I noticed that when we watched it that... She knows Tilly was all the waitress. These, yeah, she knows yeah. all of these people. She, there's so much extra story in there. It, Do you think that's where Dryden got all the antiquities? Because he had a bunch of huh. just old shit, like the uh, he loved that stuff. Old Republic era Mandalorian armor, which was pretty much cosplay samurai armor. One of the uh, golden statues was actually a replica, or it may have been the actual. Prop. I don't know. It's probably just a replica from an Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Crystal Skull, too, was a callback for the... Uh, the. It's actually a thing in Star Wars uh, EU, but it was also there placed as a callback for the Crystal Skull Indiana Jones movie, the one that shall not be named. So You named it. I yeah. think... Um, I think it's really interesting. There was something that I've, I looked up uh, recently about Dryden Voss. I wanted to know a little bit more about him, like why he has those strange red streaks on his face and mm-hmm. why he turned, you know, like all ashy as, as soon as he died. Yeah. Um, and I found out that uh, the actor who played him was not originally cast for Dryden Voss and that the character that Dryden Voss was supposed to be was supposed to be like a half lion, half human. And it started to make me think, would we have gotten like a Zygerian or a Cathar finally? I'm always like, where are the Cathar? There's (laughs) not a damn Cathar. (laughs) Wow. But, you know, it kind of makes sense to introduce a Zygerian there because they're like slavers and Mm, stuff. You know, it's the right company. Yep. That would have been really cool. So what that means is if those scenes were already filmed and then you've got this new Dryden Voss coming in after Ron Howard comes back in. Mm. This is where all the mass reshoots are taking place. So much. You have to redo those scenes, at least the ones in which Dryden is, is there prominent. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, like if you've just got like that deleted scene where Han is just sitting there like slurping on those little slugs, which is just unnecessary comic. It's, it's comic relief. That's not needed at that point. It was a good, a good cut. But, you know, you pan back, you've got Dryden Voss there. Maybe 
reshoots like that were part of the reason why this is the seventh most expensive film ever made. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, how many times did it switch hands through production? Yeah. Three, right? I only know of two, but maybe. Like it was it was back and forth. Like Ron was in and then they came in with another dude and then Ron's back and he's out. And he's in like there was th- four delays. I think it got pushed back four times. Mm. Like it was a lot. And it was supposed to have been a winter release initially. You know, and the fact that it was left so open-ended means that they were expecting it to do well. And and then we're going to make more. Or we got Disney Plus coming up. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's very fortunate for us, those of us who want more. Mm. Um, I just think that's really interesting. I mean, you don't just make a movie like that. And then stop. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to see how business is working in that field, but I don't, I, I will never claim to understand it. I feel like it's just way above my head and I just want the fiction. I couldn't care less about how many people go and see the movie. I just, oh, yeah, yeah. same. I have it, absolutely it, no thoughts or feelings about yeah. box office numbers, none whatsoever. I just, did I like the movie? Did my husband like the movie? Did my friends like the movie? Okay, let's talk about the movie. That, that's, yeah. that's why I'm here. So we learned Lando is a shortened name. Landonis? Oh my <laughs> God. How did I forget to mention that? Landonis it is Calrissian. It, is it ever said again in any other Star Wars story, any other canon, any of the comics? I don't think it is. L3 is the only one who gets to call him Landonis. And no one mentions it. No one. Because he probably would have cut their heads off. Oh, it works. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's perfect. So L3 is also a sex robot. Which is just... No, can we just cut that out? That was just out? weird. What, the fact that I said that or in the movie? In the movie. Not the <laughs> fact that you said it. I expect it. But it's just in the movie. That you expect just... me to say things like sex robot. I like do. It's no big deal. Yeah. Man, what have I done with my life? <laughs> this is my reputation. I guess it's better than Angry Balls, guy. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I mean, I think it's obvious. Like, it works. Trust me. Yeah. There is no, like, there's no other thing that that could mean. Yeah. Right, was... but you don't have to call her a sex robot. I guess I am not Droid her. Droid lover. I'm not her organic overlord, so I guess you're <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. My bad. You know what? I'm I'm a... Human that's that was growing so and learning. Of you. Gosh. you know what? <laughs> hey, I learn every single day. Sorry, droids. I tell you what, speaking <laughs> of real life comparison to this, no, it's not about sex robots. It's about <laughs> the way I talk to Siri. I always say thank you. You're so polite to Siri. I do yeah. too. I thought about it today because, because I asked Skynet. Oh. <laughs> I asked I asked Google about um some problem we were having with the dishwasher and then i thought about saying thank you google but i didn't because google had already stopped listening to me you just f***ed yourself when the terminators come done well you won't get to hear me on the radio saying if you can hear this you are the resistance siri (laughs) jam transmissions out (laughs) siri listens to you and she says you're welcome google does not give a just you get nothing back so i give it nothing me and siri are tight like that (laughs) trust me it works (laughs) a little tiny port (laughs) (laughs) so um i liked being able to see chewbacca finally rip some arms out of somebody's sockets it was amazing yeah and han is just so frustrated that was the only one that was gonna fit me did you really have to rip his arms off all things come on yeah. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> like the blood the dude's everywhere. Dripping yeah. his arm innards <laughs> in that elevator, but no, now he can't wear that uniform because it doesn't have arms or sleeves on it. I wanted uh. to talk a little bit about um the Wookiees that we saw on Kessel. And everyone was very um curious about why they didn't have hair on their faces. And the supplemental material went on to explain that they were malnourished mm-hmm. and tortured, and that's what happens to a Wookiee when it's not properly taken care of. They the start to in. lose fair hair on their face. So that's really cool. I really like seeing wow. that kind of world building Yeah, just as a Wookiee aficionado. Just like a dog <laughs> or something. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. 
Um, you know, we love gonk droids. How about the gonks? <sighs> Stan- we- he was standing on, how did he get up there? <laughs> <laughs> and he had this like crazy arm. He's just like bashing a terminal. During L3's <laughs> revolution scene. <laughs> yeah, awesome. when the droids start setting each other free. How did that gonk droid get up there? There was the stairs. There was <laughs> not a ladder. No ramp. There was nothing. There was like, nothing piled up. Some astromech just like grabbed him and flew him up there maybe. Toe cabled the gonk droid. <laughs> Maybe they have like their legs secretly expand to get tall, and we had no idea. They're accordion like, yeah. Oh, yeah, you yeah. could just shrink down and just pop back up. Yeah. Yeah, just go like Mario. Gonk. <laughs> gonk, gonk. Yeah, I like it. Um, I think the only thing that's really um, standing out to me at this point is how the movie referenced other movies. Um, the one that stands out to me is. Uh, the fusion reactor when they put the unrefined drop in the fusion reactor mm. to escape the mall. And you've got the fast and furious moment. Yeah. I thought that was really cool and unexpected. And I didn't realize that I would have liked it and appreciated it. So that was kind of, what cool. did you ask when we were watching it yesterday or the other, when, whenever it was, you said, um, when Beckett was putting the coaxium in the fusion reactor, you said, I don't think I could do that. Oh, yeah. That's all I said. I was just sitting there looking at what he said and how he's just like, yeah, if we just put this in the fusion reactor. And he's like, I can do that. And I'm like, not me. <laughs> what kind of life skills does this guy have? I mean, he's a gunslinger and everything. He's he's an entrepreneur trying to take over, you know, Crimson Dawn and stuff. But he just like, whips out all these strange plastic syringe and this putty and all this random stuff from who knows where. Probably his coat pockets because that thing is enormous and just makes it happen. I don't know. As cool as he was, he got shot on the beach. Yeah. He wasn't smarter than Han. Never going to learn to play that Valachord. I also really liked um, the fact that he was from Glee Anselm. Mm -hmm. I I think that that's really interesting because I've never thought of a human from there. I know, right? And I'm really interested in the fact that it keeps popping up as little throwaway notes. I don't remember if it was in Dooku Jedi Lost or in Master and Apprentice that they talked a little bit about Gleon Selm. It was Master and Apprentice, I think. Yeah. Rail was speaking about it. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Like, th- there was just so much. It was a dense movie, man. And mm-hmm. it was fun. Like, you can be in it just for, um, you know, the excitement and the thrill. Or you can be in it for all the nerdy details. Which there was a lot. Yeah. There was a lot. A ton. Mm-hmm. Like the... um. Dryden Voss's little daggers that he used. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the same ones or same type that, um, was it Kubo? What was his name? He's the Kozu alien from Clone Wars. Throwing a hat. The bounty hunters, remember? Yeah. Every time you say his name, you say Kozu. And I, I can never, now that's what his name is. K Y U Z. Kuzo. Kuzo. I, I can't remember. Man. But like every time that you've said it, it's now stuck. Oh, in my head. I stumbled through it. So it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. That is really cool. He looks Japanese. So I try to do the Japanese thing with him. Fair enough. So, any other takeaways from the movie before we go ahead and start closing this one out? Because I mean, we could go on. What didn't you like about it? I was going to ask this question, but I was like, no, nah, let's end on a positive note. But no, you know what? Dark. There's that famous positive mental attitude I like about oh, yeah. you, Josh. If I had to pick something I didn't like about it, it would just be tiny little scenes that don't matter. If you left them in or took them out. Yeah. Like when um, Tobias Beckett was, he hurt his thumbs real bad. shooting. Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah. But that's it. What about you? What did you dislike about it? I didn't like her character, Kira's character, as much as I thought I should have. She was... Um, I mean, was not going to lie, she's really not likable. Yeah. She's not a likable character. I think that women like her because she's really tough and cool and uh, like self-sufficient and has been through a ton of shit. But she is not likable. I don't think she's supposed to be. Nobody likes her in the movie either, right. except for Han. Right? Yeah, yeah that's because he's I mean. holding on to this image of what he she thinks was. she is. Yeah, and she's not that anymore. And everyone keeps trying to tell him like she's a terrible person who's done terrible shit, and she's going to do terrible things to you. You know and who else said that she, to him? And then was she her. does. Yes, yeah. and then I mean, it makes sense if people don't like her. Like she was a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Um. The Mimbin ordeal there at the end was just kind of weird for me it wasn't like 
What one, when they were trying to get one? the AT hauler? You yeah. didn't like you didn't I like didn't, the way they met? I didn't care for it. Really? Yeah. It's interesting. It's just, I thought it was, it was cool. It didn't match up aesthetically with the rest of the movie. It was just kind of That is true. It was just kind of weird. It was very gritty but in a unappealing way, so, unesthetic way. I'm gonna throw it out here like this then, since mm-hmm. I know you're a big fan of imagery in Star Wars, and let's even talk about the tone, like Johnny said, it was a tonally beautiful movie. Let's think about how the movie transitioned in color and contrast in the very beginning. Remember how it was just dark blues and purples and just bleak Corellian industrial mm. gray. And then the movie's obviously going to brighten up. Mimbin is kind of a brighter gray. Totally. In a way. I think it's kind of like it just on its way, the transition. Mm. It was, it was so weird though. It was, um, I think that had to have been one of those reshoot segments that they had invested probably a little too much time in and didn't have anything in between. Like say that was block four and Corellio's block one. There was a two and three that wasn't perfect. You know what I mean? You might be right, Hmm. but with this movie being written by the Kasdans, I think that, the movie is filmed and designed based on that writing. Yeah. And so when you say, we'll have you up in the air in no time. And then the next scene, you've got Han Solo flying through the air. Yeah. I think it's, it was probably that worked. It's just, it looked totally different when they're on the ground in the very beginning. And then when Han and Chewie meet, like it's totally the spectrums are totally different. It's like you put a different filter on the same photo. It wasn't. Yeah, it's know, not necessarily kind of the storytelling or the plot or the the cinematics. Even it's kind of it's very, very, very dark. So when you when you were about to say, Peter, that uh, Corellia was kind of dark and gray and dingy and blues and purples and grays, and then we go to whatever we're calling that other planet that I can't really say. Um, what is it? Mimbin. Mimbin. Mimbon. It just gets darker. It gets so much darker. Like everything is covered in a huge cloud of smoke and mud and we can't tell what's going on at all. And like they're just these little tiny pinpoints of light, but they're also covered in mud and we still can't tell what's going on or who's who. And then suddenly there's Chewy and then things are a little brighter and then suddenly they're in the sky. And oh, now that whole like bright, exciting Chewy Han adventure is back again. But what happens before it gets bright? They wash the mud and the grime it's off so of true. them. So true. So in a way, like in my mind, I'm like, that's kind of brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> that imagery was great. It it's is. just the, that one, just the transition right between scenes was just hmm. like, it was just a filtery thing. It was just weird. So, like, so in solo two, don't do that again. Or Josh <laughs> is going to sign a petition. <laughs> so uh, with all my <laughs> five other ones, I'm signing apparently the only <laughs> Thing that I didn't like is um, not enough people wore capes. There were not enough capes. More capes. The 20 in that closet weren't enough. No. no who wore them? Kira wore one. That was a custom piece. Yeah. And it was on fire. <laughs> yeah. And there were just not enough capes. She wore the same cape for the whole thing. That's not. Yeah, she's no Lando, though. <sighs> Good stuff. Well, <laughs> That's I tell the you only what, complaint I have. Yeah, we really don't have that much to complain about. I mean, we just gushed about this, and thank you, everybody, for all the comlink chatter. We love this movie, and, and we definitely want more. I tell you what, um, we're going to go ahead and close this one out this week. Eden. Yes? Where can people follow your cosplay work on social media? Um, I am on Twitter and I'm on Instagram and I don't really post a lot of cosplay out there right now because I'm kind of broke and we're saving up for Niku um, because he's going to be an expensive boy to make. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Eden Jean Gray and you can follow me on Instagram at Eden Gray Cosplay. You can, um, Find me on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Eden Gray. And I'm usually commenting on all the jam transmission stuff on my Twitter when I'm not yelling about soccer. And thank you for being on the show today. You were obviously popular with everyone uh, calling in. It's like, hopefully Eden's there. Hopefully <laughs> Thanks Eden's for there. having me. <laughs> <laughs> always welcome. Always welcome. And Josh, how about your art? Where can people see what you're working on now? Etsy. 
Really? No, not yet. <laughs> oh my god, we need to talk me. off the air about Etsy. I've heard bad things. Yeah. Um. But anyway, you can get me on Instagram at jdrow eight one two, Twitter at Joshua Row twenty four, and on JT Comlink. Man, I'm on there just about as much as you are. This week's been a little spotty, but. Right on. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Pete Skeet too. But like Josh says, you can find us both working the Jam Transmission social media on Twitter. That's at JT Comlink. Instagram at Jam Transmissions. Facebook.com forward slash Jam Transmissions. And our YouTube channel, just search for the name. Um, and, and you also, can find us all on our on the blog now. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. And that's uh, going to be at jamtransmissions.wordpress.com. We're going to be putting those out periodically and you can find links to all that stuff on any of those. So if you like Instagram, but you hate Twitter, well, there you go. It's going to be there too. So thanks again to our amazing patrons. We appreciate you so much. And we're about to start up again, our Clone Wars Chronicles before too long. So you can find out on how to support that and to get that uh, exclusive RSS feed at patreon.com forward slash jam transmissions. And as always, Keep that comlink chatter alive. Send emails and voicemails to comlink at jamtransmissions.com. And that's a lot of times I just said jam transmissions. <laughs> hey, so, guess what? You're listening to jam transmissions. So you guys are you never going to forget. You guys can say it. it without stuttering now. Like I always <laughs> like stutter over the all the consonants, but you guys got this. Well, we've been doing this for a half a year now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it has been a half a year. So yeah, guys, be sure to check out that YouTube video that's going to be premiering on the first anniversary of Solo, a Star Wars story, most likely the same time that you listen to this episode, unless you are listening way in the future and catching up. So, without further ado, guys, it has been a blast. Thank you so much, and I can't wait until next week. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. And with you, always.